Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined again this week by David Horvath. He's a sales arborist for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Lake Bluff, Illinois, a little north of Chicago. Right, David? That is correct, Doug. Good morning. Well, last time we talked all about pruning, we might touch on that subject today, but getting these trees ready for su- summer storms, what's the first thing yeah. that comes to mind? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is, well, first, calling a company, calling an arborist to come out and assess those trees. And when you do go out to a property, what's the first thing you're looking for? First thing I'm looking for is really around structures, around the house, around play sets. My primary concern is always safety. Yeah, and uh, looking up is important, right? <laughs> Very much so. And not forgetting to look down occasionally so you don't trip and make a make an embarrassing moment. Yeah, actually, I was uh, with an arborist on Sunday from Davey. And we're walking out of the radio studio, studio, and he saw something that, uh, I don't know what it's called, but some type of fungus that he just basically said, that tree is done. Uh, and so yeah. that's that's part of the looking down, right? That's part of the looking down. It's, yep, right around the base of that tree. Really important and often overlooked by homeowners and landscapers. So, And when we're thinking about, you know, having an arborist out, to, to check out our trees. Is there something we should be doing in advance? Uh, because I like to have as much information as I can for the arborist when he comes. So I'm always pointing this and that out. I, I think for me, I always love it or appreciate it when a homeowner has, has a list of kind of their, their big concerns. Um, you know, all too common. It's, I don't know. You're the arborist. Tell me what I need to know. And, and I always try to redirect that into, well, are there things that you're curious about? You, you, maybe your gut is telling you, I, I just, I'm not comfortable. Something doesn't appear right. And then from there, it's just, again, taking them down that lead of, or that direction of, you know, are your bedrooms on this end of the house? Really trying to direct that focus of safety. Um, and also being careful because we don't want to sell through fear. We don't want to, you know, get down into that arena. Um, but we want to educate and just make sure that they're made whole by, you know, us doing a thorough inspection of those trees, keep their family safe. So what else do you think about when you're going to a property and you are thinking about, you know, geez, the summer storms are on the way. Um, outside of pruning, you know, I'm always, as I'm looking up, I'm, I'm assessing those trees for patterns of dieback to see if that indicates something else at play to see if we have insect activity on the North Shore here, we're, we're dealing a lot with oak decline. So we're seeing a lot of insect activity and disease activity in this area. So you're doing a lot of things beyond just looking for, are the trees ready to withstand a storm? So tell me a little bit about oak decline, because I've been hearing about it. I live in an oak forest and it's, yep. in, it's in decline. Uh, but is this like a, uh, a national thing or East Coast or spotty areas? What's going on? You know, it's it's definitely not a localized, um, I was reading one of the things, you know, from Missouri all the way out to the Northeast to the Midwest. So it is a, a large geographical area. And this has really been going on for decades. These trees have been 
under stress for a very, very long period. And now we're getting into these, these events that are really, in a sense, if you look at it, it's breaking the camel's back. It's, it's okay. just too much for that tree to, to handle. And we kind of get these insects and diseases if we look at them as finishers. You know, they come in and they're, they're doing pretty quick work, but because these trees have already been stressed out for decades. I guess it's a good lesson uh, for diversity in the forest, right? And I know that's something that every arborist I talk to recommends. You know, that's what I'm trying to do in mind. Every time I lose an oak, I'm putting something different in, uh, and many yeah. times, many, many times native. Very important. Yeah, that way, if something comes in, you're you're not with a blank canvas after it's gone through the area. So. What is the best time of the year for uh, to bring an arborist in uh, looking at your trees? Do you like to do it when the leaves are on or off? You know, for for me, it, it doesn't matter too much. Although I guess speaking generally, if I'm assessing for decline in the oaks, it, it is really good. That June time frame is, is really good. Um, we're out there early enough that we can see the symptoms of that decline and then we're also at a, a stage in that season where, you know, we can start to do or we still have the ability to do a lot of treatments yet that year if there's possibility of trying to salvage that tree or at least extend its time period in the landscape. Um, and, and outside of that, as as most arborists, we're still able to get a pretty good general idea of what's going on with tree health, whether it's looking around the base of the tree for, you know, basal butt rot or decay mushrooms around the base. We're able to see if there's an excessive amount of deadwood in that, the, the crown of the tree. Um, so it can be done throughout the year. But I guess if I had to say, what is my preferred time frame? I love the month of June to assess trees. And of course, you can come anytime. You know, if somebody has a concern, they're looking up, it doesn't matter what time of the year it is, they can Correct. call and, and bring you in. Yeah, call as soon as you see something that is concerning. It, it There is really no silly question. Um, and, and I always tell people, I went to school for this. Most homeowners didn't go to school for this. So I always say, well, why should you know that? I get it. apologies. You know, like, I'm really sorry. I should have known that or something. And I my answer is, no, you shouldn't. Have. You didn't go to school for it. That's my job. And thank you for inviting me to your home. And you do want to get to these problems as soon as possible it's going to save you money. You know, you can't climb a tree that's that's dead already. Correct. Correct. And if it's too late, we might not be able to save it. We might not be able to salvage that tree. And then removal is the only option. So, yeah, that, that June time frame. And, and what can be nice, that can be a good planning point, too, for homeowners. If there's a, you know, let's say we're dealing with oaks or elms and we have a lot of pruning, we're kind of forecasting because we're going to have to reserve that for winter. But that allows the homeowner, too, to start to budget for winter, for that work that we're essentially prescribing for their property. So where you're at near Chicago, what is the worst time of the year when it comes to storms? Is it uh, winter storms or summer storms or is it both? I would say it's both. You know, those those summer storms where they come through really quick, high winds, you, you know, you get a lot of limb breakage. And then in winter, when we do get those events with freezing rain or ice, um, a lot of splaying a part of evergreens and just limb failure because of that, that, that weight load that the tree just never anticipated. What is your normal day like uh, as a sales arborist? Is it different every day or? 
I, you know, it is different every day. Um, that's why I love, love, love what I do because not only is it just meeting with different customers, which is, that's what, that's the spice in my job is all these different personalities that I get to meet with. But then there's days where, you know, I'm running tree crews and I'm going out and setting them up on the job and communicating those expectations that I set with the homeowner. And then there's days where I don't have crews, but, you know, I'm starting out earlier on appointments with customers. So it is, it's a really fast pace job of there's not much idle time during the, the growing season and getting a lot of phone calls from homeowners and field staff to, you know, help them out in situations. When you're dealing with clients on a regular basis, how often do you like to go out and look at their trees? So ideally I want to be out there once a year. Um, and in reality, I'm not always able to get to every property once a year. And, you know, something I've done over the years is I've always set the expectation that I have with the homeowner that here's my ideal goal for you. However, if you ever see something that's concerning or you have a question, never hesitate to either contact me directly or call the office to schedule an appointment. There's never a limit to how many times I will meet with the homeowner. And I I do have homeowners. There's one that I have to go out to Monday, and that's probably his sixth or seventh visit this season. And that's how these relationships are formed, um, is just attending to customers' needs. And you have some customers, boy, they're happy if they see you once every two years. And you have customers that they want to see you probably once a month, and that's okay. What has changed over the years that you've been doing this uh, as far as the job or has anything changed uh, in, in what you're doing? I think for me, uh, things that have changed is just styles of communication with homeowners. Um, you know, when I first started in 2011, we, we did quick forms or quick writes, you know, and we wrote everything on the spot and now we're doing everything electronically on a laptop. Um, texts are, texts are a common thing. It's just so common for so many homeowners. And I think one of the things as a, as an arborist, when you, when you meet with somebody new to kind of get in the habit of automatically storing their phone number in your mobile phone, because we get a lot of texts from people that said, Hey, you know, could you stop out? And there's no who it was, <laughs> where they are. They have already kind of formed that relationship in their mind with you. And yeah, it leads to hundreds of contacts, but it makes your life so much easier when you don't have to come back and and play this game of trying to figure out who it is that that texted you. You have it saved already. So that that's a big difference. I have, I would say, 50% of my customers contact me directly to schedule, you know, appointments instead of going through the office. And that's just the comfort level that they have. And then how do you keep up with all the changes? Out there, diseases, pests, you know, spotted lanternfly one year, yep. gypsy moth the next. How, how is that part of the job? So for me, that is just staying up to date with publications. Um, I love um, out of Cornell University branching out. I'm subscribed to that. So that really keeps me abreast of the situation. And then going to the conferences and seminars um, during the season, um, in the dormant part of the season or in winter. This past year, we went to the Wisconsin Arborist Association Conference up in Green Bay. And that was three days of, you know, just going over all, all that's new in the world of insects, diseases, and safety. Um, 
and, and you're meeting with other people in the industry outside of your company and you, you start to get a better pulse of what's what's going on elsewhere. And that really keeps you up to date. So are you uh, watching for the spotted lanternfly that we have here in the east? I am. I am. I have a few properties um, where I have uh, Tree of Heaven on, on properties. And those are properties I kind of check in on now and then to see if it is showing up yet since they love that particular tree. So, and of course, they'll, you know, go on other trees, but that one in particular, it's a good way to scout for it. So back to summer storms, anything else that you can uh, think of that we want to talk about uh, relating to our trees when we're thinking about what's coming? Yeah, I, you know, again, back to that, that pruning, you know, what we're wanting to look for is if the trees haven't been pruned in a long time is doing some proper thinning. And, and I thought about that, that I think a lot of the times it's easy to distinguish or separate ourselves from some of the competition out there that aren't certified arborists. Um, we see it in the industry. We call it lion's tailing. A lot of my guys, and I love the term when they turn a tree into a giant broccoli plant, that's incorrect thinning. And if you think of broccoli, everything's out at the ends. And and we see that, you know, people will call us out and said, oh, no, we just need the deadwood. We had them thinned and they look like giant broccoli plants. And that's moving that weight all the way out to the ends. And if you get a big, nasty storm coming through, those limbs are more likely to, to get broken because all the weight is out at the end. The center of gravity is out. So, you know, ideally we want to thin throughout the periphery of that crown, really focusing a lot out on those ends so that that wind load is, is evenly being distributed through that crown. You know, it's so funny you bring that up because when I did walk out of the radio studio with the arborist and we were chit-chatting, he showed me the fungus underneath the one tree and then he just started laughing about the way the whole whole place is pruned and it's exactly what it is. It's an entire broccoli-looking <laughs> trees. And th- besides that, we also, when we pull out of that, there's a, a place across the street that everything is volcano mulched. I mean, as tall as a person, volcano mulched. That is, you know, I, it seems like it's been decades that we've been going over not to volcano mulch and it's continually perpetuated in the landscape. And I guess, you know, as long as we have one bad actor out there, there's going to be somebody else that's going to watch that bad actor and mimic it. And it just, it keeps it, it keeps us busy. That's for sure. You know, when we have to go out there and remediate some of these trees. Um, well, it, you know, we, we've talked about volcano mulch a lot on the podcast and I just don't see any end in sight. And tell me what it's like if I'm in the car with you when you're driving by and you see one of these places like that. I, for, for me, I, I always get a chuckle. I get a really big chuckle because so many of my customers now, they, they pick it up when they drive around. You know, they drive around and they say, oh, my gosh, when I drive around, I see utility poles now. You know, and it, it, I talk about it so much. And, and that's when I realize how much I talk about is when my customers tell me, oh, I was driving in this area and all the trees look like utility poles. So tells me I've been doing my job at preaching that message. Well, maybe through osmosis between you and me and all the other arborists, we can stop that awful volcano mulch and the crazy pruning. You know, last time we talked, we we talked extensively about pruning, but I love what you had to say there, you know, especially thinking about storms. 
it has to be done right. And a, a, a normal homeowner should not be ever up on a ladder, you know, with a chainsaw or something crazy like that. Oh, it, it, you know, yeah. safety is everything. Talk a little bit about having a, a, a professional do the work. Having a professional do the work. Um, it is it is so important, not only for peace of mind, you don't want anybody to get injured on your property. And we start to part of that process of making these recommendations is educating really the the hazards of our work and what can happen if things do go wrong. Again, we don't want to we don't want to sell a customer through fear. We want to educate. But having a group, especially such as Davey, where we're so orientated to doing things safely so that everybody goes home safe to their families. It's no different than the customers we're taking care of. They want to come home to their family and just kind of relaying that message to our our customers. Um, It's, you know, I I like to remind people if they have firewood to pick up a piece of firewood and, and hold that out like that, just to start to get people to better grasp on the weights that the climbers are dealing with up there. And it's, it's not as simple as, Hey, just cut that limb off. You know, it's cut that limb off, have it tied off. So it doesn't go through your roof, doesn't go through your window or, you know, land in the car in the driveway. So very, very important to have a team that communicates, comes up with a plan on the property of how they're going to execute that work to keep the customer's property safe and whole. Um, because you can get it done cheap, but you might have some additional expenses after the work is done. Well, I'm going to leave it right there, David. That's a great uh, way to end this. Uh, as always, I appreciate your time, and I know that we will talk again. So thank you. I look forward to it, Doug. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast. From the Davy Tree Expert Company, I am your host, Doug Oster, and do me a big favor. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll never miss a show. If you have an idea for an episode or a comment, send me an email to podcasts at Davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>